You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the lovely Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? I'm doing good. Tonight, I'm lovely. Tonight, you're lovely. Hmm. Who knows what you'll be tomorrow? Psycho. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is the holiday season, you know. You know. I've been pretty mellow, you but have. I do have to say we're not doing Christmas at our house this year. Thank so God. Switched it off. Usually we do Christmas here, but we switched it out with my sister because she's in college right now for extenuating her nursing degree or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... To give her a break, I offered doing Thanksgiving, which kind of killed me on the inside a yeah, little. Yeah, yeah. Well, happy holidays to everybody out there listening. This episode is due to come out the day after Christmas, I believe. But right now we are just a couple of days before, so. Yes. And I've got Christmas stories. Christmas stories. I actually have some Christmas stories as well. Well, I shouldn't say at all least a Christmas, Christmas story. But. I, I have two Christmas stories and another holiday story. That's not Christmas. I have two stories that kind of relate to Christmas, but aren't really Christmas stories. But anyway. Well, they're not Christmas stories. Well, I'm not telling it's not a like, movie about Ralphie. And <laughs> I'm not telling the Christmas the story. House, not a creature was stirring. Not even a mouse. Yeah, no. Not the story I'm going to tell. Oh. Well, <laughs> take it off there. Okay. My first story has nothing to do with Christmas. But I love Christmas. I know. I get gifts and presents. My first story has to do with a charity. Charity? Yeah. Okay. In 1937, uh, President Roosevelt. Which one? Franklin. Okay. He uh, was trying to raise, trying to look for ways to raise money for for polio because he himself suffered from polio. Okay. And so he contacted a comedian. Uh, the comedian's name was Eddie Cantor. I am not familiar with Eddie Cantor, but then again, this sounds is 1938. Familiar, so but it sounds familiar. Like he was... Okay. I'm Anyways. sure he was extremely famous at the time. Uh, he contacted him and he said, you know what? Your stage shows that you're doing, and he'd come and perform at uh, Roosevelt's birthday party, and they'd do a big charity event. And he said, when you get on stage, can you try to see if you can get everybody in the room to just give a dollar so we can raise money? to try to fight polio. And the comedian said, you know, it's just, you know, depression, everything going on in the world now. It'd be a lot easier if all I had to do was ask for a dime. Well, it was back in the day, a dime was probably the value of a dollar nowadays. Hence the birth of the March of Dimes. Oh. In, uh... <laughs> in, <laughs> on January 3rd, 1938... Uh, the March of Dimes was uh, founded, and it um, it started by as a charity that threw birthday balls for uh, Franklin Roosevelt and used all the funding to uh, to go to fight polio. Nowadays, they do more than just polio. Oh, yes, they do. I'm going to get there. Trust me, I will get there. Well, I was going to say my <laughs> nephew, you know. The, uh, by the end of that first month of the charity's founding, the White House received 2,680,000 dimes. Wow. Or $268,000. That's a wow. lot of money in 1938. Yes. Uh, and it all went directly to the research, uh, to, the, uh, to the vaccine, in research money towards the vaccine that ended up 
uh, being created in the 1950s. Nice. So these scientists worked with that money to create the vaccine. Um, campaign came in the nick of time. At that time, um, one in three or 1.3 per 100,000 people in 1938 had polio. In 1943, 9.3 uh, in that same 100,000 had polio. Uh, more than 415,000 reported cases uh, in 37 and through 37 and 55. So a lot of people were uh, suffering from polio then. In, uh, in the early 1950s, a vaccine was discovered, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, cases dropped to fewer than 1,000 by 1962. And uh, since 1979, the U.S. has not seen a single case of polio. Nice. So it's awesome. We were able to eradicate the disease here in the U.S. Um, in 19, or the March of, Di- the March of Dimes at this point uh, in the 60s worked exclusively up to the 60s with polio. And then they moved on to birth defects and other inf- infant general health issues. Yep. We, that I knew. Yes. Yes. Um, there's other organizations, of course, that fight the polio globally. Uh, the Rotary International, um, the Global Polio Eradication Initiative. Uh, World Health Organization and uh, Center for Disease, U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, have been working around the world to try to fight off polio. Um, today, the World Health Organization says that polio rates have plummeted to ninety nine plummeted ninety nine percent since nineteen eighty eight, and in two thousand seventeen, there are only sixteen cases of polio in the world. That so that's kind of cool. That is. This, this article was written in the end of 2017. They were hoping 2018 would see no polio. There were 33 cases in I don't ever see that happening because nothing is ever 100%. Yeah. It is. They did get it. Like the only cases in the last five years where polio has occurred have been in either Pakistan or Afghanistan. So two tough places to get the vaccine out to the public, I'm sure. And it probably has a lot to do with their Muslim. Mm-hmm. They follow only the Old Testament and yep. they do not take medicines yep. there. It's um, amazing that we were able that they were able to eradicate it in places other places like that. That's kind of amazing. Yes. Well I even know like my dad grew up in a religion where medicine is a no. Hmm. Absolute no. You mm-hmm. don't. It's not the way of God. So Yeah. So I could see that. So I just thought it was really cool hearing on, you know, the March of Dimes, how it was founded and that it all started with a joke that a comedian told the president, basically, you know, I thought that was kind of funny. I think that is kind of funny. I I was really shocked to actually hear that all started with Roosevelt, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Like I knew the March of Dimes. I've heard of the March of Dimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Just. I guess I never really researched the yeah, I never had either. I, I was not aware of where it started or who started or how it started. It was a very interesting story to read. And Roosevelt did a lot of good things. Oh, he definitely did. And starting the March of Dimes was just one of them. So hats off to Roosevelt. Yay. So. I'd, I'd ask him to take a bow, but he can't stand up. Never mind. That's a really bad joke. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Really bad joke. Maybe if he asked him just to kind of roll over a little bit. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, my story, all my stories have to do with the holiday season. Okay. I didn't initially start it out that way, but it happened that way. So, 
Um, <laughs> what? I I had my original first story was my typical bleak and depressing first story, and I found polio that, isn't uh, depressing. Not the founding the March of the Di- March of Dimes isn't depressing. I know, but you're still. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Continue. I I, I, I had to, I scrambled to find a story to kind of fit in with a little more holiday cheer. Yes. So I found polio. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, holiday cheer. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, my first story is nine ways Christmas trees are reused after the holiday. So, this is perfect. Perfect. For the day our episode is released. Yes. Most people don't even get rid of Christmas their, tree. Some people take it down day after Christmas. Some people wait until after New Year's. I think so. it should be a Christmas night tradition. <laughs> night? <laughs> what? Or else an Easter tradition. <laughs> No, you remember when I was pregnant with Ava and I had no energy at yes. all to take down the tree? Wait a minute. Was I pregnant with her? I don't remember. Yeah, I was pregnant with her. and No, I wasn't. I had just had her. But I was exhausted that mm-hmm. year after I had had her and I didn't take the Christmas tree down. No, I was pregnant with Ian. No, I wasn't. But the <laughs> Christmas tree... Did not come down until February. On Valentine's Day, I went, okay, it's time. And then I looked at it and went, oh, my God, I have to dust the artificial tree. (laughs) 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 It was bad. I think Ian was just born. Okay. So it was dealing with two kids who are 18 months apart, and I was just exhausted. must have been our second Christmas in that house because the first Christmas we had a real tree. Oh, Ian wasn't born then because we moved in this house when Ian was three months old yeah. before February 14th. Okay. Because so it was, Ian wasn't, I yeah. remember it was Valentine's Day. I took it down. And I remember looking at the tree like, oh, I let Funny. that go too long. Never in my life have I ever. But there were medical things to that too. It wasn't yep. just being sheer laziness. So, nine ways. Christmas trees are reused after the holidays. And I got this one actually from a coworker because she had mentioned one of the things that I will mention when I get to it. Okay. So I was just doing research on it and I came across other ways it could be reused too because she is a pet. She's an animal person. Okay. So um, roughly 33 million live trees are purchased in North America many of which end up uh, rotting in landfills. Of course. So, which isn't all too bad because it turns into dirt and (laughs) it's a circle of life. Yeah, it's the way it, I mean, yeah, it's the way it goes. It's not plastic. No. So, I'm okay with it. Um, But one, used for lumber for home. So, Manhattan Rockefeller Center, uh, each November is... Are you, I can't even talk. Are you believe, <laughs> that's so horrible, the most iconic Christmas display there is. Mm-hmm. Um, afterwards, they, it's January, somewhere in January, they take it down. Yeah. Um, but they actually take the tree that's nearly about 10 tons. Yeah, the thing is huge every year. 10 tons. And they send it off to a lumber lot. And the wood is made into two by fours and four by sixes, mm. or two by sixes, 
for Habitat for Humanity. That is cool. So that's... That is a cool thing to do with your Christmas tree. Most people's Christmas trees will not be able to be turned into lumber for Habitat for Humanity. Hey, you but... think it's two two-by-fours <laughs> out of a... Uh, regular tree yeah, i think at least one two by four it depends think. on how thick that that trunk of that tree is it could happen so um they're made into underwater ecosystems so like for the fish if you throw them and i've actually seen this in a lake before okay i was like what the heck somebody just didn't want to throw it in the garbage and pay for it the fish wanted a christmas tree but they do that because it it helps with the algae yeah, and all that stuff. Makes sense. Um, there's Lake Havasu. It's Havasu? between Havasto, I think. Havasto is a girl's last name no, that we work Lake with. Ha- lake Havasto is the famous lake somewhere. I've heard it before. H a v a u, H a v a s u. Oh, Havasu, Havasu. I don't know, something like that. Lake Havasu. Sure. We're not going to say Havasto because there's no T. Okay. don't care about those girls that locked you in that basement. Just leave <laughs> them alone. <laughs> Anyways, um, Lake Havasu between Arizona and California. They, about 500 new trees every year for Christmas are thrown into the middle of the lake. And they say it takes about five to six years for a tree to completely break down. Hmm. That's cool. So not only is it like a utopia for fish is Mm -hmm. what they called it because it's like hiding places, place to have fun, um, but it also helps create the algae that I Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier and other things for the fish. So um, another thing that I found really interesting, this was the second thing, well, it was the first thing I came across um, when I started my research. Mm I didn't even find the elephants right away. Ooh, I just ruined it. There's elephants? <laughs> um, I just ruined that. <laughs> Damn it. Um, maybe I should skip to four. Four! <laughs> um, you can donate your Christmas tree to a zoo. Okay. Elephants use it for, like, playtime. Okay. And zebras will actually eat the needles <laughs> and other animals. So you can always call your local zoo or animal sanctuary and see if they're taking tr- Christmas tree donations yeah, instead that's a good of idea. throwing it on the curb. That's a good idea. Um, we'll go back to three now. They're used to build sand dunes. So, like, the East Coast and, well, both coasts. Um, sand dunes. Yeah. They throw them on the beach. The picture I saw, there was, like, a wooden fence up. And all the Christmas trees were up against it. And naturally, like with the wind and stuff, okay. the sand kind of covers them. Yeah. And it creates more of a natural dune opposed to like a bulldozer coming yeah. in and making a dune. And it helps with like storms okay. and stuff like yeah. that That's to kind of cool. help protect um, water levels, rays and stuff. So it kind of helps with the flooding if like hurricanes happen and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, after the sand dunes are, or the trees are covered and it's more of a sand dune, people will come in and plant the grass, the beach grass yeah. on there because then the grass with the roots, when they grow, it kind of helps okay, make it that more makes sense. concrete. That makes sense. So, and so if it's you're, more if you're natural. near the beach, there's a spot to donate your Christmas tree. Yes. Don't just go throw it on the beach though. Like no, get with an organization no, no, no. <laughs> that's doing collection or something. Exactly. Because... 
Yes. Or if you see a pile of Christmas trees, I don't see anyone arguing it. So. And if you're looking to get rid of your fake Christmas tree, do not do this either. Do not. No. 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 Uh. Okay. Um, so five, they help restore marshlands. Uh, Louisiana marshlands. Okay. Uh, the state loses about 25 to 35 miles of coastal wetlands a year to advancing ocean tides. Yeah. Um, since Santa Saves the Marsh project began in 1986. That's a cool name. Santa Saves the Marsh? Santa Saves the Marsh. That's awesome. You were waiting for Martian, No, you? I wasn't. Okay. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, over 1.5 million Christmas trees have been used for this purpose. Hmm. So it's kind of the same where it's just kind of a yeah. natural... Makes sense. Um, they're used as an energy source. So Christmas trees... Burn them. <laughs> likely aren't aren't the alternative fuel source for the future. Um, but Burlington, Vermont, from ringing every watt of energy that they can get from the season, they will use it so they'll kind of throw them through the wood chipper. Okay. And then the mulch that they take from it they go to the local power plant toss into the boiler yeah um each tree amounts to about 36 cents worth of energy that's cool that burlington vermont's got some resourceful people you know the mayor the old mayor from there is really smart never mind let's move on we're not talking politics (laughs) this is christmas christmas okay so they're made into paths for hiking trails. So, again, the whole mulch thing. Okay. Yep. Turned into mulch. And then, like, Dunbar Cave State Park in Tennessee, they have it for their trails. And the mulch also protects the trails from damaging water runoffs. This makes me think, do you think there's ever been remnants of a Christmas tree stuck to our children's clothing from the park? From our local park that uses, like, wood chips as their, you know... The local park? You mean the school park? Oh, yeah. It's the local park. It's the closest park I thought here. it was rubber. It's not rubber. Ugh. Here? No. They're wood chips, and they stick to the clothes, and I, I can't get them out in the wash, and rubber. they're horrible. Okay. Anyways. um, They're transformed into art. So, Michael Neff, back in 2012, he had taken trees that were just laying on the curb, ready to go to the dump. Okay. Took them. And he hung them from um, the overpass in Williamsburg. Okay. So trees just hanging from, I'm assuming that's a bridge or an overpass, like a tunnel. That's better than the banana duct tape to a wall that sold last week or whatever at that art gallery. I'd rather look at a Christmas tree upside down. Who knows if it was upside down. It was just an idea in my head. (laughs) (laughs) But the first year... He did not have permission, but now every year there's permission. He can do this every year. Cool. So, and then they provide free mulch to gardeners. Hmm. So nine ways, nine ways. There are some great ideas if you need to get rid of that pesky Christmas tree. And my favorite was the one that my coworker had told me about the elephant's no, oh, yeah, that that's awesome. There was like I mean an elephant sanctuary. I don't remember what state it was in, but they take 
the trees because they use them as toys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> She's an animal person, though, and she was like, hey. That's awesome. I was like, oh, you want me to use a story? <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. On to my first almost Christmas story. Almost? Well, it's kind of, it's it's definitely starts out Christmassy. Okay. Perhaps no singular, single piece of secular music is more ubiquitous during the Christmas holiday season than Jingle Bells. I like Jingle Bells. Um, the vernable ditty about joys of dashing through the snow-covered fields while riding in a one-horse open sleigh. Ironically, the song's writer was referencing a completely different holiday. It's not a Christmas song. One-horse open sleigh. Now, Jingle mm-hmm. Bells. Jingle Bells was written by James Pierpoint in sometime in the early 1850s. Um, it was uh, published for the first time and copyrighted in 19, er, 1857 under the name One Horse Open Sleigh. Um, well, Pierpoint was living in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, the song was then republished in 1959 or 1859 under the name Jingle Bells. The Savannah, but they don't have snow there. No, they don't. They don't have snow and in he's Savannah. singing about a sleigh? He was from Massachusetts. <sighs> His first winter away from home is when he wrote Jingle Bells. He should have wrote There's No Place Like Home for the Holidays. He wrote Jingle Bells to be performed at his father's Sunday school, by his father's Sunday school class. Oh my God. For their, for their Thanksgiving performance. It's a Thanksgiving song. Uh, uh, <laughs> How? I don't know. <laughs> but Jingle Bells, according to... Uh, there is some back and forth. There's some argument. There's one town in Massachusetts claiming that, no, he actually wrote it in Massachusetts. Savannah, Georgia also obviously says, no, he wrote it here. Of course, everyone wants to take claim to it. Hello? It was officially copyrighted in Savannah, Georgia. That is where the author lived. He could have wrote it years earlier before he co- had it copyrighted. That's obviously possible. Um, but there is no um, real argument that it was written for Thanksgiving and not for Christmas. But unfortunately, we don't have Thanksgiving carols <laughs> that we go and sing. So, How does that even fit in with Thanksgiving? It ne- doesn't necessarily fit in with Thanksgiving. It was more the beginning of winter. It doesn't really talk about Christmas at all either. No. The whole sleigh and stuff like that, that's all, none of that is, you know. But Jingle Bells is like. It's a Jingle Bell. I bet that's what from made the sleigh. it Christmas. I'm sure, you know, and I'm, it's obviously been adapted to be God. one of the most popular Christmas songs Have in the world. Have I on this show before? And I'm pretty sure when I'm watching a movie with you, how you just ruin things for me. I'm really good at that. You are really good at that, like this song. How does it ruin the song? It's a beautiful song. It's no longer Christmas. Well, it, it's a Christmas song now. Bing, Bing Crosby, bells, ma- sure, we consider no, it a Christmas everything song. Everything with bells now is just ruined. It's over. Thanks, Alan. Oh, I ruined Christmas again. No, you ruin any <laughs> jingles and bells, like silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. That's a Christmas song. It even yeah, says Christmas but, right in the world. But Jingle word. Bells 
it all starts with the bells. And now it the does. bells is no longer. But these bells, these jingle bells Christmas. are from the sleigh of the horse in the sleigh in the snow, which happened at the end of November in Massachusetts. My life is over. Your life isn't over. You just have to understand that Jingle Bells is not a Christmas song and Die Hard no. is a Christmas movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no. No. One, you've ruined Jingle Bells. And two, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Just because it took place during a Christmas party does not, does not yeah, it's make Christmas it a Christmas movie. movie. It's Christmas movie. No. No, well, there is no love. We will just have to agree and die hard to disagree. That's what right. is your next story? Way to brush me off, Alan. <laughs> Way to brush me off. Okay, so I've been back and forth on what I want to go next on, and I think I'm gonna follow it up with because you brought up Die Hard. <laughs> okay. Uh, GPS hidden cameras watch over baby Jesus. Oh, that's so nice that they're protecting baby Jesus. So out of Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Straight out of Florida. Uh, When baby Jesus disappeared last year from a nativity uh, scene on the lawn of Willington, Florida Community Center Village. Don't worry. He'll be resurrected in three days. Wait, that's Easter. Wrong holiday. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Village <laughs> officials didn't follow a star to locate him. A GPS device mounted inside the little or the life-size ceramic figure led sheriff deputies deputies to a nearby apartment where so, it was found face down on the carpet. An 18-year-old woman was arrested in the theft. So they put a GPS inside a baby Jesus. They obviously thought it was going to get stolen, which blows my mind. What? What do you mean? What? Did this they... happens all the time. But why would you put... You just let it go. You put a GPS inside your baby Jesus. I would never do that. Okay. Jesus, but... When they're paying about $500 worth of baby Jesus. Okay. I or guess that more, is a lot of baby Jesus. Or more. Some people are paying over $1,000 because it comes from Italy. Oh. They do have the life size. Oh, the real baby Jesus. I said <laughs> no, I life size. Oh, I, I my God. Not the real baby Jesus. <laughs> just making fun of it. Ugh. I just think it's funny that people put um, GPSs in their Christmas decorations. It's it's not just Christmas. It's also that. the Jewish with the Hanukkah and stuff like that because the menorahs are being taken or okay. tipped over. So... Um, security company, New York based brick house security is offering up to 200 nonprofit religious institutions, a free month, um, use of security cameras and GPS products because of stuff like this. Okay. And it's the only month that churches and, um, um, (laughs) synagogues, synagogues are asking to use these things because, Um, it's the only time they're putting stuff out people are stealing. Yes. For the most part. Yes. And it's usually, as weird as it sounds, the synagogues that have the menorahs that are stolen or tipped over or vandalized. That's horrible. So, and then people have made claims if baby Jesus is removed, it tends to be seen as a prank. Vandalism okay. or theft of a menorah is just more sensitive 
um, you feel like there's really yeah, a target the, for their religion. It might be some so, serious anti-Semitism there if so they're stealing the menorah. This is a common thing. I'm kind of shocked that you I've didn't never heard realize of this. I've this never heard of this. I've really? never heard of. I mean, I've heard of people stealing stuff, of course, but I've never it's heard of. It's usually baby Jesus. I've though. never heard of a bunch of baby Jesuses disappearing, ever. I guess I don't pay attention. I think there was even they put. Let's see, blah 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 blah. That's me reading real fast. <laughs> um, like, what do you do with a baby Jesus? I mean, it's a prank. I get it. A prank's a prank. I get a prank. I think. But if you're stealing it to steal it, what are you doing with a baby Jesus? You're going to sell baby Jesus on the black market. Really? They found it upside down, <laughs> face down in the carpet in this lady's apartment. Oh, my God. Um, Tra- I don't know trading how many. It for some, never mind. I thought there was an amount in here. I'm not seeing a mountain here. Uh, baby Jesus is stolen, but <laughs> there's a large amount. It's, okay. it, this isn't just Florida. It oh, just sure happened to be I'm the sure girl from Florida. Florida, so I grabbed it because I'm like, ooh. A Florida story. Funny, funny, funny. But yeah, she was a Florida lady was busted because they had a GPS. So everybody who thinks it's a smart idea to steal, just know um, security companies are now allowing one free month for churches. So they're either A, going to catch you on camera or B, they're going to track you to your house. (laughs) Stop stealing the baby Jesuses. Leave baby Jesus alone. What baby Jesus ever do to you? Anyway, and leave the menorahs alone, too. Since you covered some Christmas-themed theft, I'm going to, too. Really? I am. What's this about, baby Jesus? No baby Jesus is located in this story. But... Is there a star? Franklin, Massachusetts. Three wise men. No. Frank, Franklin, Frank, Franklin Massa- Massachusetts. The police it's department. It's not the three wise men? No. Stooges. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> The police, the police department has been collecting toys for uh, the Kids for Santa Foundation. It's a local charity there in, in Franklin, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, they had several officers that had worked really hard to make sure that all the kids in town and the whole community have their needs met when it came to opening something on Christmas morning, which is great. It's great to see the local, uh, local uh, officials helping out like this and helping yes. the community. Yes. Toys started coming up missing. Ew. From the room that they were keeping them in at the Franklin Police Department. Oh. So they started an investigation. Well. They started an investigation. With the inside people, I'm assuming? You could say that. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't take me wrong, but you know there's crooked people at all levels. Oh, of course there are. This one was at a very low level. Very low level. Low level. Very low level. Undertakers? Next to his <laughs> next to his bed, they found all the missing toys were stolen by Ben the therapy dog that works for the Franklin Police Department. Oh my god, they were chew toys. <laughs> well, they weren't supposed to be chew toys, but he turned them into chew toys. Were they shoes? <laughs> they were just toys for kids. Okay, thank God. They were just toys, not shoes. <laughs> they uh ended up they hadn't figured out what was going on, and then one day they saw Ben the dog walking down the hallway with a, um, a, a like a baby carriage in his mouth with the baby. <laughs> oh, God. They didn't say anything. They just followed him slowly underneath a desk where they found this big pile of toys. Oh, my God. 
Um, now, officers won't be able to donate those toys, of course, um, but they did get new toys to replace all the toys that Ben had taken. Um, they uh, tried to turn this uh, crime spree into a teachable moment on Facebook, of course. Teachable? How? Um, they said they learned, a, they, they learned an extremely valuable lesson today that uh, when you have a classroom full of toys ready to be shipped off to the Santa Foundation, number one, you should close the door. And number two, keep the toys elevated. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. And uh, anyway, they uh, the Ben the dog does still have a job there. He is not being prosecuted, of course. And, um, <laughs> but they are keeping the toys now locked up. And they do not allow Ben in that room anymore. Aww. I thought that was a very heartwarming story about toys being stolen. I don't know about heartwarming, but definitely funny. Yes, I funny. like that one. And it didn't even happen in Florida. I was going to ask you. <laughs> it was where Massachusetts. Did that happen? It was Massachusetts. Florida? But we did discuss that right yep. away at the beginning. I need to pay attention or at least remember things better. That's okay. Well, so I'm going to end this with um, the history of New Year's resolution. New Year's resolutions. I almost did a New Year's resolution story. I was this close. I didn't really research it though, so this is good. Well, I don't. I. It's kind of the history of it. Okay. So, um, ancient Babylons are said to have been the first people to make New Year's resolutions. Um, some four thousand years ago. Wow. They're also the first to hold uh, recorded celebrations in honor of the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the new year for them didn't start in January because they don't run on yeah, doesn't the run on the Julian calendar. Yeah. Um, they were mid-March. Okay. And these were about when the crops were planted mm-hmm. for them. So that like spring. Um, it was a 10-day religious festival known as a Kiru. I'm probably saying that wrong. A kido. A kido. Akuda matata. I don't know. No. Okay. There were worries. This was their feast, their food. Okay. (laughs) So not no worries. Mm. (laughs) This was their livelihood. Um. So, if the Babylons kept. To their word, their pagan gods would bestow favor on them for the coming year. If not, they would fall out of the gods' favor, a place no one wanted to be. Hmm. So, they were serious about the resolutions. Yes. Yes. Not um, like us. No. <laughs> nope. Um, so a similar practice occurred in ancient Rome after the reform-minded uh, emperor Julius Caesar, he mm-hmm. tinkered with the calendar and established January 1st as the beginning of the new year, circa 46 BC. Okay. Uh, named for Janus, J A N U S. I want to okay. say Janus, but Janus. I don't know. Which was the two faced god who spirited inhibited doorways and arches. Um, I always thought January was kind of (laughs) two-faced. That's because we live where we live in, and we hit very negative. January's Um, don't go outside month. No. And so is February, though. Yes. So believing that Janus 
symbolically looked backwards into the previous year and ahead into the future. So that would almost make sense okay. for the resolution. Yeah. Like this was look back, what see what you screwed up, year. look forward and see how to this and t- see you're fix it. I'm going to try to do yeah. this now. Makes sense. Um, for every Christian, the first day of the new year became the traditional occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes, kind of what we just mm-hmm. mentioned, resolving to do better in the future. Yep. So, um, which was also known as watch night services. They included readings from scriptures and hymn singing and served as a spiritual alternative to the I'm not going to say this word right, but <laughs> as we're all used to this, the rakas, rakas. I have no idea. Yeah. I showed him the word. No clue. No clue. Celebration normally held to celebrate the coming of the years. So despite the the tradition's religious roots, um, instead of making promises to the gods, people make resolutions only to themselves now. Okay. So, so that's a little bit of a brief, brief, things very were, brief history thing, of New Year's. Things were definitely different then. Not like now where we just get really drunk and then on the first of the year say, I'm never drinking again. <laughs> that's not what I do. That's what I usually do. I drink And then it's usually like a month you. before I drink again. So I drink way more than you. Yeah, well. I have a tolerance, okay. which I don't. I'm the cheapest drunk there is. Yeah, I'm very cheap. When we met, I would go out with 20 bucks and come home with at least half that. I know, but I'd spend all these money buying you drinks. Nuh-uh, <laughs> no. No, I would spend all my money buying everybody I drinks. only would go out and drink like four, but yet I would be bombed yeah. because I couldn't drink more than one or two normally without wanting to hit the floor. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um... I hope everybody has a has a, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year's, a Happy Holidays, whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Um, I'm wondering, ha- is, is wait, is Hanukkah? Uh, it's different every year, and no, I don't remember December when it December 22nd was the first day of Hanukkah. We only got eight days, so December 30th. We're still in the middle of Hanukkah. So Happy Hanukkah yet to everybody. Yes. Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. And I hope you all if you have a wonderful New Year because you're yes. not going to hear from us until... Until next year. Until next year. But in the meantime, you can always send an email to outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Tell us how much we suck and what you would like us to talk about. We'll even make a resolution to be better next year. What? (laughs) I do what I want. What are you talking about? I am good now. Okay. Okay. Anywhere else they might be able to find us? Uh, Facebook, Outlandish Outcasts. And on there, please leave a comment, share our something on there (laughs) to all your friends. Let them know how wonderful we are and how much they need to listen because I am hilarious. Alan may not be so hilarious, but I am funny. I'm not funny, but this doesn't get recorded without me, so... I could do this on my own. <laughs> I'm sure you could. <laughs> I could have a two-sided conversation. I know. I've heard them many times. I know. I'm usually part of them. I just pretend I'm not there. I answer for you. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, you can also find us on Twitter at Outlandish Casts. And Instagram at Outlandish Outcast Podcast? Outlandish Outcast. Sorry, yeah. people. <laughs> All right. 
if you made it all the way this far, I hope you have a wonderful new year because it's we right went through the this already. Happy New Year, everyone! I wish I had a horn to blow. Woo! <laughs> have a good week and have a great year. Bye.